Welcome to Friendo Podcast, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. As a YouTuber, I've shared my life online for the last eight years, and now I'm excited to learn about you. Friendo celebrates people and their stories, from interesting jobs to unique passions and curious life skills that the world should hear about. Community is everything. Let's do this. When I was diagnosed with basal cell carcinoma in February, which is a form of skin cancer, I was stopped in my tracks, shocked. The word cancer is terrifying. Thankfully, I knew that BCC was the best kind of cancer diagnosis because it's treated by removal, which is relatively easy depending on where it's located. And if you catch it early enough, it's not terribly big. And then you keep on top of checking your skin using proactive measures, sunscreen, protecting it, covering it up. You know, you go back to living your life. I had made a choice in the moment to share my experience publicly for two reasons. The first, sharing how important it is to check your spots, to get answers from your doctor, and also to share my lived experience. You know, it can be overwhelming to hear a diagnosis, like cancer, but knowing you're not alone is incredibly helpful. Seeing other people have their spots removed, manage and embrace their scars, and then go back to life was very inspiring for me. The thing about sharing your experience is how people will then reach out to you and connect you to your diagnosis. You sort of become an advocate without even thinking about it. Webster's defines an advocate as a person who pleads another's cause or who speaks or writes in support of something. The trouble with falling into this role is that it can be quite draining. To feel the pressure to constantly be educating others, to be shining the light all the time is, well, a lot. I found that after sharing my experience, which to be fair, I was also going through the motions of removal and healing all at the same time, was exhausting. I ended up taking a little break. I wasn't showing up online as much as I normally did. You know, I was remembering to be my own advocate and take care of myself as best as I could in the middle of a pandemic. I'll just throw it out there to say that it wasn't easy. I didn't really do the best job, but here we are on the other side of things and life is much easier to navigate. I have a renewed sense of purpose with how I want to share my message and why it's important to share. I guess this story is my way of sharing that my introduction to advocacy was small, short in length of time, and ultimately overwhelming to share something so vulnerable publicly. My guest today, Jess Hojan, a creator at House of Spoons on Instagram, is doing this and doing it well all the time. Jess is a Canadian military wife residing in Ontario. She's a mom of two toddlers a loss mom, and the creator of the hashtag Inject With Me, a movement to normalize injections for the invisible illness community. Additionally, Jess is a fierce advocate of self-advocacy and empowered healthcare for those living with a chronic illness or condition. I'm excited to share Jess and her story of resilience with you today. Welcome to the podcast, Jess. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here to chat with you. 
So maybe you can tell me a little bit about yourself and what you use your platform for. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm a mom of two toddlers. Um, I'm also a Canadian military wife. Uh, my family and I live on Petawawa, Ontario, and we've been here for about 10 years. Um, after I had my first son four years ago, I started having a lot of aches and pains, a lot of medical issues go on. Um, and sort of fast forward after I had my my daughter, uh, I was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, endometriosis, uh, and adenomyosis. And at that point, I was given um, the option uh, or really the necessity to start taking biologic injections, uh, sometimes weekly, sometimes bi-weekly, depending on what they were. And I was really struggling with it and didn't really know where to turn for support. Um, I was feeling really isolated with having that type of like need at such a young age. And I don't really present as a disabled or chronically ill person. Um, and I happened to just stumble across the chronic illness community. And I thought this is a perfect place that I could just fit in, be like, find a buddy, um, chat. So I sort of started posting and sharing and connecting with people who had diseases like myself, but also um, illnesses and injuries and accidents that left them in chronic pain. Um, and we just really built up this community. I have people on there that I feel like are family to me. Um, and that was last May. And we've since grown quite a bit and um, sort of been appointed as a chronic illness advocate. And that's a really cool place to be. Um, it can be really tiring, it can be really exhausting. Um, I've recently taken a little bit of a hiatus, but um, I use my platform to just share my experiences with getting diagnosed with living with a chronic illness and toddlers um, as a military wife with sort of a lack of support where I'm at. Um, and just sort of all of the stuff goes along with being me. You mentioned a few important things. So for one, being a military wife, like, do you have family close by? No, our family is about five to six hours from us, both of um, my parents and my my in-laws. Um, and we have a relatively small family and they're all out there. So we don't have anyone close to us. Um, and we've been here for about 10 years. You know, it's five to six hours. I have family about that driving distance away too. It's just enough that like you're not popping in for the weekend, you know, it, it is like a planned event, usually around a holiday. Exactly. Normally the holidays or like if a long weekend comes up or, you know, sometimes vice versa, if my dad gets a Friday off or something like him and my mom will drop, jump in the car and they'll come up for the weekend. Um, but it really has to be like three days or longer or else it's just, it's exhausting. You're getting there, you're turning around. Um, so it does make it like, you know, four or five times a year that we're seeing family. Correct me if I'm wrong. So it's only been since your daughter was born that all of this in terms of your health came to light? Yeah, that I actually was able to get a diagnosis. Um, after I had my son four years ago, um, I really, like I was complaining in aches and pains. I couldn't carry him down the stairs in the morning when I first woke up. Like I was in too much physical pain. Um, I just wasn't doing good. And I didn't really have the like the inside, or I didn't really pay attention to my body the way that I do now. Um, so I was just like, something's not right. And I'm hurting. And the doctor just kept saying, you have an emergency C-section and you're carrying around a baby. This is normal. All people feel like, you know, all moms who experience childbirth are feeling this, like, this is just normal. 
Um, and actually, I just recently found out from a naturopath that um, generally after you have delivered a baby, your I think it's your progesterone drops dramatically, which was once raised to protect you from um, colds or a flu or infection right before you have the baby. But when you have the baby, that drops off. And generally, if there's any underlying um, medical conditions, autoimmune conditions, they're going to sort of come to the front. Um, and so nine months later, after I had him, I became pregnant again. And so they sort of subsided and I was pregnant and I just, you know, felt pregnant. Um, <laughs> and then so after, you know, after I had my daughter, she was born seven weeks early. So we had a lot of complications with that as well. Um, so it's hard to differentiate, you know, what is just being drained from having two under two and what is um, like just not normal and and there's something going on. And so I really pushed after my daughter was born. I was able to get a doctor that I, a family doctor that I connected with a lot um, better and that really listened to what I had to say. And yeah, I really, I just fought tooth and nail pretty much. Um, and I've only been diagnosed for a year and a half at this point. Wow. There's yeah. so much to unpack there. First of all, you got pregnant when the other one was only nine months old, girl. <laughs> I feel like I need to send you a present. <laughs> like, oh And I God. really, I want to do it like five months. <laughs> <laughs> that's no oh. joke. Although I've heard that sometimes like you can get them on the same schedule. So like sometimes easier. How it, did that go for it, you? It was very good. I would say up in the, like maybe the last six months, things have started to get hard, but up until it really wasn't that bad. Um, because yeah, they did get on the same schedule and my, my son was just very uh, adaptive when we brought my daughter home and it was just like, we had always had her and, you know, there was never a jealousy or things like that, but now they're starting to just be toddlers and, you know, be independent little people. And it's exhausting. So exhausting. <laughs> Occasionally I'll stumble on old videos when they were little. I'm like, Oh girl, you look tired. You look tired. Yeah. Old Amanda, like dang. <laughs> um, but you bring up another really important part about chronic pain. So I found a stat um, and I found it quite, quite shocking. Like I felt like I kind of knew the stat, but then I thought, let me just double check this. So this was off of like a Harvard medical website. And it said that, you know, 70% of women are sufferers of chronic pain, yet 80% of pain studies are conduct conducted on human men or male mice. And I was like, yeah. what? So there is certainly a gender bias. Um, Absolutely. Because I feel like we as women, we know that it can take a real long time to figure out when something is wrong, what exactly is wrong. And that's like just for simple things. I'm not talking like chronic, you know, then you add in like a chronic illness. So with your specific illness, like what are some symptoms that you experience? So I actually had had symptoms of endometriosis for a very long time, like since my, you know, even before I entered my 20s. Um, and that's sort of, you know, painful intercourse, um, painful periods, like extreme bloating pain at all times, just a lot of pelvic pain for, for really no reason. Um, and sort of I came to live and deal with that. And I did see a specialist for that um, sort of on and off. and sort of just found my way through that. And I, I felt like I had a hold on that. Um, I actually had a hysterectomy last December. And so that has really resolved a lot of the issues I had, not all, but um, 
it's it's been really great. So after both of my children, the fatigue just hit me so hard, which you know wasn't that abnormal because I was breastfeeding and I had, you know, an infant and that's just, it's a part of being a parent. You're just tired, but it started to progress when my kids were sleeping 12 hours a night and having naps and I was resting and I had my partner, um, took nine months of parental leave with our daughter and I still couldn't get out of bed in the morning. And I was feeling awful and just dragging myself through the day that I thought like, I don't think this is how you're supposed to be living. Like, I think you're supposed to, you know, if you're sleeping and eating right, you should feel good if there's nothing else wrong. And that wasn't happening. And then I started getting really intense morning pain, like to the point that sometimes I couldn't get out of bed unless like my husband lifted me up and like assisted me out. Once I got up and going, you know, walking around and being active with the kids, I didn't really feel it as much. But as soon as I sat down to rest, they would set back in, which are all really common signs of arthritis. Um, and what I have is ankylosing spondylitis, which is in the spine and the hips and the SI joints. Wow, that's painful. I have um, you know, a loved one who had rheumatoid arthritis. And I mean, it was so debilitating. And so I can't even... Yeah. And, and you're so... Like, if I may ask, like, how old are you? I ju- uh, I'm 31. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> like, hold on. It's past 5 p.m. Yeah, I'm 31. <laughs> like that's incredibly young, right? But then I it wonder, really is. is it young or or are people who are diagnosed with these types of things in the past just really late diagnosed? You know what I mean? Like, or is yeah. it early onset? Like what what is... So when I, when I look back at, you know, my life and, you know, in terms of pain and activity and things like that, I was a a very active child. Um, I played all types of sports. I was a competitive figure skater and, you know, I was always in some sort of pain. Um, And I just thought, well, it's because you're doing these really hard jumps. You're falling on the ice, you know, your body checks when you're playing soccer, all those things. But when I look back now with the knowledge I have and, you know, at seven or eight years old needing like hot packs for my legs because my legs are aching at night, like that's not growing pains. That was probably arthritis, <laughs> like plain and simple of it. But we don't believe because it's never really been proven that children can be sick or, you know, younger people can have these conditions. Um, but that's that's sort of just like folklore. And we haven't had the studies, like you said, that have been done on younger people or, you know, they haven't gotten the diagnosis in time to be documented. Um, so, yeah, I, I get a lot of well, like, but you're so young, your hips can't be going, your knees can't be going like. I wish they weren't. <laughs> right. But they are. And I am 31. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So tell me just because I'm completely new to this and I never claim to know more than I do, but are these considered autoimmune diseases or is that something different? Yes. So ankylosing spondylitis is considered autoimmune. Um, Endometriosis, there's sort of, um, I'm not really sure where it stands. Like maybe like 10 years ago, it wasn't considered. I think now they're leaning towards more of like, yes, it is a systematic, so it is autoimmune, but I don't, know if it is 100% declared an autoimmune, but yes, ankylosing spondylitis is. 
Okay. Mm. And it seems like from what I know of the very few autoimmune diseases and I, my grandmother, my late grandmother had a few of them, you know, it's like, they seem so hard to diagnose because the symptoms are not up in your face. Like you're not like bleeding from your arm and, and it's like, Oh, there's a thing we have to fix. It's like, no, this is happening every day for three years, for 15 years. Like, I don't know why I'm feeling like this. And that's got to be such a painful position to be in. And so I know when I followed you on your page, you know, when I think about why the work that you're doing is so important, it's like people need to know that they're not alone in these Mm -hmm. symptoms that they're experiencing. And also just to see like a regular person trying to do life with all of this happening. Like, what has it been like for you being in that role of advocacy? Because I guess this is a twofold question. It's like, did you go into it with the intent that like, this is what I'm going to do? Or did you start it like, this is my story and it kind of evolved into this advocacy? Yeah, No, I started just trying to find a place that I could fit in where I could share, you know, Um, I started a hashtag called inject with me. So I record my weekly injections. Tons of other people have hopped on board. Some people are doing really funny ones. Some people are, you know, sometimes I do them outside with a cool scenery. Um, But when I started posting those to my personal page, um, you know, just when I first started out, I was pretty much ignored. People didn't want to talk about it. I wasn't getting supported. And I just felt like I needed to find somewhere else to have that outlet where it would be reciprocated and I would feel um, supported in some some way. So that's initially why I started the account. And it just, it skyrocketed. And, you know, I started just feeling a little bit more confident in my diagnosis as a person um, with dealing with doctors, what I demand, how I get treated at the doctor's office. Um, you know, I just stopped taking shit from people and you know, I, I think other people felt inspired by that, which, you know, when I looked at other people doing the same, I felt inspired by them. And, you know, I, I get a lot of questions, especially being a young person who is a woman with ankylosing spondylitis. It's considered a man's disease um, because more men have been diagnosed, but it, there's no science to prove it affects men because they're men more. Um, so I get a lot of moms, I get a lot of just young people who reach out and I never intended for it to be this way, but you know, when you share your life online and I I know that, you know, this, um, people will resonate with your story, wherever you're at, they're going to meet you wherever you're at. And that's sort of what's happened, um, with me in my position. And, um, it's, it's been really awesome to be able to just have a conversation and, and let someone know that, you know, they're not lazy. They're not being a bad person. They're not a bad parent. They are not a bad employee because they can't get up and do these things. You know, it's just nice to have that encouraging place where you can go and chat and say like, you know, this is how my doctor handled this situation. What do you think? Or how should I deal with this going forward? And it's not only just made me feel better emotionally, but like it's actually resulted in me having factual things to go into a doctor's office and ask for, or, you know, I get a copy of all of my reports now that's happens without question. 
And that is a huge, that's actually how I got diagnosed. I intercepted and had a copy of my report. And so it's really cool to share that information and, and have other people feel empowered in their, you know, their healthcare as well. That's amazing. I wouldn't even have thought of that to start getting mm-hmm. reports, right? Like a, a lot of places will do like life labs here in Ontario. Um, they, they will sign you up and you can get your blood work and all those types of things. You can get a copy of that online. You can just log on and see your results. Um, but there's absolutely nothing stopping anybody from requesting a copy of blood work, a copy of an x-ray, of a CAT scan, MRI, um, even just your doctor's notes from a specialist. Like you can request to have them. They'll print them out and give them right to you. Um, And like I said, like that's how I got diagnosed because I intercepted and saw that I had a dismissive rheumatologist despite, you know, an x-ray technician requesting an MRI. Those are the two ways that ankylosing spondylitis gets diagnosed, um, just depending on how far it's progressed. And she felt that that was not necessary despite a recommendation and that there wasn't anything rheumatic wrong with me. And that's when my family doctor and I really pushed. We got an MRI and I was diagnosed. Wow. I you know, think lately, I tangent there a little bit. <laughs> no, it's perfect. I, um, I recently, now it's not the similar type of illness, but there's a person in my life who has had some medical stuff happening in the last year and, you know, decided to really advocate for themselves. And it ended up being quite serious, like cancer Mm -hmm. serious, but was told it wasn't right. So I think that like what I personally find so important about your messaging is, you know, seeing a regular human being behind this big, scary word, right? Because I'm sure if you are given a diagnosis, your first thing you're doing is probably Googling that to find out what is this. And then also like, where are people at who have this? Um, And also just advocating for yourself, like, you know, you, and I can only imagine, like if you aren't being believed, for example, not to say that this is always the case, but if you aren't being taken seriously by your health care system, wherever you are, and you're trying to tell your partner or your family, like what's happening and the doctor is not really taking it seriously. Why would anybody else around you want to take it seriously? So then you're feeling even further isolated. And so this is yeah. where the power in your storytelling is so important because it is just that it's that beacon of, Oh my goodness, she did this. I'm going to ask for that too. In the doctor's office. Um, I actually had a conversation earlier today with someone um, talking about this interesting way of looking at health. Um, and she has a child who has an illness and that, you know, people are often like, what's the most important thing? And it's like, you just want to be healthy and happy. And she says, the irony behind that is those two things are not dependent on each other. You know, like you can be a wonderfully happy person and managing an illness at the same time. (laughs) And yeah, right. Um, and how important it is to see people leading full, beautiful lives and managing an illness. It's just part of your story. Did you know we've released a shop where you can support Frendo? Check out hellofrendo.com and explore. That's H-E-L-L-O-F-R-I-E-N-D-O.com and shop mugs, shirts, stickers, hoodies, and more. We're constantly adding new goodies for you. Your purchase directly supports the show and the work involved in creating it for your ears. So thank you. Check out hellofrendo.com. All right, back to the show. 
Now, I would imagine that there is a kind of darker side to potentially sharing this type of vulnerability online. How has it been to have a really strong opinion on the internet? You know, for a lot of my content and the things that I share, they're generally very either factual based or, you know, my experience. So, you know, when it comes to other people not agreeing with what I'm saying, that's not really happening so much with the context of what I'm saying. Uh, In being, you know, somebody who is advocating and sharing very openly and maybe can even seem inspiring to others by you know, looking like fit, I'm doing air quotes, other people can't see, (laughs) looking fit and, you know, young and having hair and makeup done. People really think that you have it all together, even when they know that you have an illness. And even though they're aspiring for the same things, it can really put a like pressure on you to, to feel like you have to show up every day. And that like, you know, if you, if you're advocating like this and you do find success in a treatment or a doctor or whatever it may be that you almost always have to do that. And you're always in that place. And that's just really not the truth. Um, and I've had a lot of people just a little bit overbearing with questions that they ask. Um, some people will, just DM me like, what medications do you take? What are you diagnosed with? Or like, you know, it's maybe at the core, they're really trying to figure out and they're struggling, but it's like, I'm also a human being and it, you know, say hello. And I'm not going to just divulge that information. And if you really looked on my page, you would see it's not that hard. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just feeling really drained of energy from other people taking energy sometimes can be something that's really difficult to deal with. And, um, I've taken a little bit of a hiatus. We just bought a house and we moved and I was starting a new medication and coming off an old one. And so those transitions are just always tricky because you are often unmedicated for a certain amount of time in between. And I just didn't feel like I was showing up for my kids. I didn't feel like I was showing up for my house. I didn't feel like I was showing up the way that I wanted to be a person And I took a step back. And at that point I was posting every day and I was really there for my community. I had people that, you know, checked on me and I checked in on them and, you know, I, I left with warning, but, um, it's been almost two months and I, I, I've touched base a little bit, but I I haven't returned yet. And I'm wondering what that's going to look like when I do return. I'm feeling a lot of like boundary conversations. Um, Having been in this space for many, many years now, I've made big mistakes and been too accessible and then taken beautiful breaks. um, And then sometimes like really needing like a hype team to get me back into producing content. Um, hopefully this is like a little hype for you because your story is worth telling and I think you share it so beautifully, but it is, um, it is really tricky with a medical type of story. I mean, I've only just dabbled with my own little personal experience. And I mean, I know people don't mean any harm, but I'm getting questions like I'm a doctor, like, can you check this photo? Can you tell me about this? I'm like, whoa, like, no, (laughs) you need to call your doctor. Yes, please. I'm scared, you know, like it's, 
and people get afraid and they know you and they trust you. And I totally get it. Um, but it's like almost reminding your audience, like maybe there's a post in there every fifth or seventh post. And it's like, you know, just, I'm taking a little boundary reminder, you know, this is what I'm happy to talk about. And especially because if you are growing quickly, you're going to get new people who just need to be kind of coached on like what you're comfortable talking about. And, you know, it's so wonderful to hear that you've been really well embraced by your community. Cause I think that I feel like the internet is somewhat getting a little bit better in terms of how we, um, you know, support our favorite creators and how we talk to them. Um, and it's also just a lesson in what your energy is able to output, especially when it is an, an illness that you're managing and big life changes. Like all of that is so taxing and then add in a pandemic and it's like, call me in a year, you know, like yes, <laughs> trying to find my way back. Um, are there things that you, you know, so naturally you put in place a wonderful break for yourself to just kind of regroup and figure yourself out. Um, you know, are there things that you sort of have in mind that you're looking to kind of help you balance, you know, your presence online, motherhood and your illness and how you manage those things? I think the big one is just being able to take these breaks for as long as they need to be at this point and remembering that that is the most important thing, like me and my family and my well-being. That's the most important thing for, for me to manage. So if I have to step back for a couple of months, um, at the beginning, I had a lot of guilt about it. I, at the be- very beginning, I had a lot of guilt about not responding to every single DM that I got because I felt if I could be someone to make a difference and to, you know, if I have the answers and I've gone through it and I can tell them what it is, if I can point them in a certain direction, get them some sort of help, like that's my responsibility and I have to do it. And then I got to the point where I couldn't keep up with the DMs anymore. Um, and especially when it's such vulnerable and detailed and you know, people are often very traumatized by their experiences with their doctor and really want to give you the details. They want to ask you all the questions. Um, and so it yeah, it just got to the point where I couldn't even reach to everyone and I was feeling that guilt. But I just have to remember, you know, if if I'm here and showing up, like my post can be what I show how I show up. I can put that energy into a post. So I think probably going forward, um, I would I think I'm gonna return and not answer any DMs for a little while and see how that works out. It's an idea I had sort of played around with a little bit um previously, but never really did it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think probably shutting down my DMS for a little while and sort of just posting what I feel like. I I feel like this past year and a half of, you know, difficult pregnancies and then, you know, a year of untreated autoimmune and then a year of being treated. It's, it feels like it's time to just have a little bit of fun and enjoy my life and post, you know, the hair stuff and the makeup stuff and whatever it is that I want to post. And just live a little bit and not be this like this studious person who's advocating for all of our health. Like, right. Like all the time. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, it's, it's so important to do that. I feel like now we're going to have like a little business session, but it's part of what we do. Right. But it's like, Mm -hmm. you are also a regular person with interests. And I love that there's like niche communities, but I also just really enjoy seeing things that bring that person joy. And you can talk about like multiple things. Right. Um, 
because yeah, you want to show that other side, like you've, you're managing your illness and here's what I'm advocating for. But then also, Hey, look at what we're doing today. You know, we're dying my hair purple or we're like going on a little hike or whatever your energy allows you so that, you know, people can get that little glimpse into what a happy life looks like for someone with a similar, you know, diagnosis. And I think too, when, when you're seeing those day-to-day things that people are doing, you're seeing what they're doing, you know, cosmetically or what they're wearing or what they got up to that day. Like it puts it into perspective a little bit more where you can see like, okay, well, they posted about, you know, you know, pushing your limits, whatever it is, whatever you're posting about. And then you turn around and you then sit on the couch for the rest of the day because you're in pain. Well, they can see that what your message can be inspiring, but that's not how every day is. And I think, you know, having that piece to connect so it doesn't look like every post is me like giving a really like motivational, you know, blurb or whatever. It's it's sometimes really struggling and it's to the point where I'm just, I'm not going to post because that's where it is. And then you don't get that facade that we often get with social media, that everything is perfect. And I felt like near the end, maybe that's what it looked like um, with, with the content I was putting. And that's not what I want. I want to show real authentic what's actually happening in my life. I love that. And you know, your, your audience will appreciate that because I even spoke with a mutual friend of ours and, you know, sometimes I have myself, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm going to post. And she's like, you know what? You just keep showing up. I said, I'm showing up. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've lost my, (laughs) I've lost my path. Um, And she's like, doesn't matter. You're still there. And the people, they love to feel connected and that connection and realizing you are, but a mere mortal. Right. And it's like, I can show up and talk about these things. I can talk about other things. And then I can take a little break and then I will come back. You know, we're not hooked up to this wild machine and forced to dance like puppets, right? It's, um, I love that, that you can be that strong advocate and share that message and then also be an advocate for yourself and be like, Mm -hmm. actually, I'm taking a mini pause. I'll see you in seven days, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, So, where can people find you online? So right now I'm most active only on, well, I'm not really active this day very moment, but I will be um, resuming activity on Instagram and I'm at house underscore of underscore spoons. Amazing. Now, by the time this episode airs, I'm sure she'll be back. I have faith. So you hop over there, you go check her out. Um, I've so appreciated this conversation. I find it so inspiring the message that you're sharing and, uh, you know, keep on keeping on kind of stuff. Thank you so much, Amanda. And you know what? I wouldn't have been able to dive as deep into this community if you didn't have Kat on your podcast last year. Um, And she was the first person that I could connect with as a disabled mom who had also ankylosing spondylitis. And to me, that was like, blew my doors wide open. So thank you for starting to open up this platform for all these different voices. I just remember that you. DM. I remember you messaging me, and yeah. I know we've chatted and over the t- over this time, um, I've, I was going to say years. I think it has been, um, but it I remember been. you <laughs> messaging about Cat, and she's wonderful. Like, it's just it's it, for me. It's so important to see with my own eyes 
folks living a different life than me. Cause I feel that builds empathy, that builds understanding. Yeah. And I just so appreciate the messaging that you're sharing. And I, it's not easy, right? Because what you're sharing from a creative standpoint is fairly new to be talking about. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going off on a tangent here, but I remember when people posting in their bikinis, I'm like aging myself, but like nobody did that. That was like, no. Thing. Creators would lose their brand deals because of that. And now yeah. it's a thing. And so we just needed to like help people educate them why this is important. And similarly, speaking about disabilities and chronic illness and pain and motherhood and life. And, you know, it's not the easiest discussion to have because there isn't a guidebook and you're trailblazing. Right. And so it's like, you're yeah. starting something new and you're starting a new conversation and sometimes it's painful, but you know what? It's worth it. It's worth the conversations. Greetings, man, friend. Greetings, woman, person, friend, friend. Oh, there you go. How's it going? She's going pretty good there, lady. Going pretty good. Yeah. We're recording this on Friday. Because we like... Is it Friday today? Yeah. Oh, God, that's awesome. We're like last minute. Because we can just go out and we can park. No, we can't do anything. Not a chance. We can go to Shoppers Drug Mart. I mean, always fun to go there. I do have to go there Get face masks (laughs) and a couple Red Bulls. Boom. And by the way, I'm not an advocate for Red Bull. You're not? No, but I like them. You do? Yeah. They help me do things. Add a little zing to your life. Sounds like an ad. It's not even an ad. But we. But if you are listening, Red, but why don't you give us some money? Because we're broke. <laughs> we're not. Well, we're not. Gosh. But. Anyways, let's so, talk about uh, our wonderful guest. Wow. First of all, although many first, first, second, and third of all, she's like so well spoken, isn't she? She is. She really, really has got her act together and. When I'm listening to her, I can't help but think like, you know, which came first, the chicken and, or the egg kind of thing. Like, what was she like before and what was she, you know, when she became an advocate for her, uh, for her health, you know, was it, did she just have to just attack it? Because she's just so well-spoken and what a leader. Mm-hmm. Like, and the second thing, big shout out to military spouses everywhere. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, you could almost do a whole show. I mean, I would have loved to, you know, keep talking about her challenges being a, uh, a military wife and and just and going through the hardships of a, of a health uh, of a health crisis because it is a crisis, mm-hmm. you know, like you're you have all these things on your plate. Your husband's I, I'm not sure if he's what he is. He, uh, I think he's it's infantry in uh, Petawawa, I think. And uh, I'm not really sure. But, you know, he's out in the field. He's doing his stuff. And she's home with now two kids and her health issues and family nowhere to be, you know, no, no easy way to get in touch with, I mean, not in touch, but no easy way to get to uh, the support, the support, right? Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. Well, for imagine? anyone listening who is a military spouse, I mean, there's a great episode right there. You know, email us because I just think that there's so much yeah, so much conversation around how how do you do life with limited support in your day to day? Because it's right. it's a lot. I mean, we we experienced that a little bit there at the start of our parenting gig. It's it's a yeah. lot, right? Oh, that's true. We did. Yeah, I mean, it, it was similar in some ways, but 
anyway, it's just so nice that, you know, to hear from her and, and, you know, her journey and also like, it gives you a perspective on your, what can happen in your life, you know, and it has happened to a lot of people sitting there, minding your own business, making plans for the future, raising a family, blah, blah, blah. Oh, guess what? Mm -hmm. Difficulty starts. Oh, aches, pains, this is happening. Then it gets even harder. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Mm -hmm. How many times have we heard that or people talk about that? And then it's that concept of like the invisible illness, right? It's like you can't see the the physical pain. It maybe it's not showing up where it's super visual to other people. And like we talked about that a little bit where, you know, if you're not getting the support from your doctor, from your healthcare team, they're not validating you. How in the heck are the people that are closest to you supposed to validate your pain? Are you labeled like like a like a little bit dramatic like oh okay. like a hot hypochondriac yeah because yeah. they can't see your pain sure and and you know how many people in the past have had that happen to them uh maybe it was more prevalent back in the day whenever that was but now people are you know grouping up and and supporting each other and that is so refreshing to see but on the other hand the person doing the organizing they can just be like you know run over you know, mm-hmm. with, with all the, uh, like you guys were talking about, you know, all the DMs you're getting on, you know, health issues and... Or people, just people's experiences can yeah. be quite overwhelming. Yeah. And I guess like, you know, do you support? Do you give information? How how do you do it? And like just said, she's sharing facts, you know, mm-hmm. things that, yeah, she's, you know, things are happening to me, but I'm also sharing facts about my illness for other people that don't know and then they can go out and you know follow up on that but i think when people are new to the social media protocol if you will mm-hmm. it's like you know you can't always go to the to the creator and say it makes you sound divine doesn't it yeah <laughs> you can't always go to the creator <laughs> to the advocate right because to the advocate I think the thing to constantly remember as the audience member, as the person consuming the content is like that real, that is a real person going through a very real right. type of, you know, a very real illness. Like it's right. very different from someone who's, let's say, advocating for social justice type of stuff or, you know, body movement things, right. not actual physical movement, like ability, but, yeah. you know, body positivity or body neutrality or whatever. Yeah. Like these people might be having battles that they're walking, but it's not a physical ailment necessarily that is Im- impairing their day. And right. so, you know, to go through something, to be sharing and advocating about it, but then mm. also to be taking care of yourself and like self-advocacy, which is something else that Jess right, really talks you know, you about. Right, because you have those people, I would call it a migration from the, you know, uh, people doing the talking about cryptocurrency on TikTok and, or, you know, girls shaking this and shaking that and guys mm-hmm. to the more, you know... Um, straight-laced social media side where it's like actual community type you know stuff still on the entertainment side because you know you're it's and it is entertaining mm-hmm. to to uh uh 
to, to talk to some of these people because you're learning just like you would watching television on any, you know, not geo or something like that. But when you go over to that side and you start talking, you know, and communicating with a, a, a creator, there's a certain kind of like, you got to maybe peel it back a little bit. Like as the, which one is the person creating? Uh, no, as the people that are contacting what? the creator with right. the information and just like, hey, I was just wondering, like she's talking about the drugs that she was taking, the medication oh, she yes. was taking. It's just like, well, why would I tell you that? I mean, like we're I'm here for the support. Yes, this is I could share with what I'm what I'm taking, but that's not going to help you because you might need something else mm-hmm. or, you know, but you can what I'm saying is that it, there is some challenges. It feels like it's not the easiest um easiest role to take on, no. right? But one one beautiful thing that's coming from talking about these hard things and these, you know, real life experiences is it helps people build awareness for right things that you can't visually see visual impairments like she said she's considered um she has a disability but she's not like it's not obvious right. to other people um and how you know human beings we love to judge others we love to look at a person and whether we acknowledge it or not there are judgments passing through our brains right and yeah. until you see another person hear their story understand their lived experience like that's going to help others build empathy and understanding to right exactly that's right things they don't experience right yeah yeah well it's all part of the you know the the uh the journey of building a kind of a a tribe if you will where you know there's some people that aren't going to fit in and understand what you're doing and there's some people that are really going to empower it And I think the other thing is for May, like May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I don't know if you knew that. I did know that, yeah. People are talking about that a little bit online. And I find this isn't exactly mental health, but we definitely talked about uh, towards the end of the episode, like the importance of creating boundaries to knowing what you can handle talking about online and then when you need to take a break for yourself. And I think that that is such an important message too. Well, more now than ever, you know, I even found myself and I'm not sure about you, like we don't really communicate it a lot, but I find that I... You know, you're so used to this um, routine where you're just waking up and you kind of feel like a little bit, you're trying to keep it chipper, but like you and I right now, we're not sleeping as well because the kids are kind of, you know, in a little bit of a... They got out of balance there. They're got weird sick, again. Of, sick of online school, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I won't go on about that. When we're in it, we're like really close to the picture and you kind of don't realize how much damage has been done. And maybe how close you are to, you know, a, a dark place until you're out in the real world. You know what I mean? Like, I find I go out and I'm the grocery man. I go out and get groceries and I interact a few times. You know, hey, I was going, excuse me, whatever. And I come home and I'm just like, you know what? I feel a little bit, I'm a little bit tired. I need him now. That sounds so no, it's, weak, it's but it's draining. It's draining. Yeah. And I kind of, one of the things that's getting a little bit concerning as well, uh, you know, as we get these vaccines, hopefully things will open up. Canada's kind of very behind in the world for, for that. But um, how are we going to get back to real life? You know what I mean? Like, are we going to, when you meet people, are you just going to start like, 
you know, you'll be going to the grocery store or without a mask. You'll see, you'll see people coming towards you. And they'll be looking at you and then you'll like both embrace, <laughs> you know, over the, Just so <laughs> over excited. the frozen peas. You're like, I love you, man. No, but I love you. Hasn't it been, mm. I mean, it, there's been so many things that have come out of this bizarre time, but one of them for sure is having an awareness of our limitations when it comes to energy output um, you know, knowing when we need a break, you know, depend, even if you're not working in a job where you're sharing online and sharing your life, I mean, you're still showing up, you're doing video calls, you're conferencing, you're expending all of this energy. How accessible are you to other people? Like there's so many little things that have come up that have yeah. forced us to be really aware and also just really advocate for ourselves. So like, you might wake up and feel like, I can tackle this day. I'm feeling light. I'm feeling bright. This is great. Yeah. And maybe midway through the day, you're like, nope, change of plans, full 180. I'm going to go watch some Netflix and have a nap. I'll see <laughs> yeah. you at six. You know, right. Even people that are on Zoom calls, you know, they have their Zoom. Fa- I've only seen this online, people making jokes about it. Like, you know, they're wearing shorts and they have a jacket yeah. on for the Zoom call. And they're like, yes, yes, uh, yes, Jim, I understand. Yeah. And then, you know, they go out of the frame and they're just like, you know, eating a grilled cheese sandwich and like looking out in the distance like mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. this sucks it's for real for real but i find that what i was why I was saying that is i find that you know because i'm not working and and uh maybe socializing as much as i used to whether i like it whether you like it or not you're socializing if you're not a real social person mm-hmm. so i feel like you know your persona your that work persona that you know that you use out in the world it's kind of like it's gone, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you're you know you're very open and bare to the world, and you're just like, you know, you find yourself staring at a tree for twenty minutes, going, mm-hmm. "Why am I staring at this tree for twenty minutes?" Well, and, the and reason- then you just start, then you see a squirrel, and then the squirrel kind of looks at you, and you're like. Yes, brother, I know. And you start crying and... A couple of tears in the middle of the day. Sorry weird. if you can hear this chainsaw in the background. <laughs> There's a tree getting cut down. It's very entertaining for the children. But the reason I bring that up and mental health and how it relates back to this episode is that it's something that you can't see in another person that right. they're experiencing. And I think that there needs to be an awareness of self, like what are our limitations? What are we capable of sharing, not sharing, um, you know, giving all of that kind of stuff, but then also having empathy for other people. Yeah. You know, Oh, that's important. I I mean, if I can share like a nebulous story that I was delivering candles in our area, Mm -hmm. uh, which by the way, thank you very much for your support for the candles. Keeping Dean busy. I'm busier than a one-armed fiddle player. (laughs) Anyway, Go on. So I'm delivering candles and I meet this lovely uh, woman and she comes out on her balcony and, you know, exchange the candles. And I'm just a naturally, I'm like my mom. I'm just chatty. Oh, he just is. Chat. Oh, that, there, there, there she is right, right there. There's mom right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's like, I can tell that she is like me, that you know, we're not communicating on a regular mm-hmm. basis and you almost, it's like, uh, we're not meant to be isolated. We're not. No. And you know, you, you the, the, the conversation is, is a lot more like, you know, it's like meeting that person on, uh, on the street, like, uh, you know, or, or meeting somebody that you wanted to be friends with. Okay. Like it's not surface. 
it gets it's not service real quick. like hey how you doing good yeah do you want to go for coffee sometime and you're like i don't know like my sister's coming into town and you know whatever <laughs> yeah no it's none of that it's like yeah let's go right now it's like it's like kindergarten kids i'm dean i'm amanda i like you i like you too you want to go play <laughs> want to be friends i want to be friends you're my best friend you know and you're just like holy jesus where did that come from and but anyway it's so great and and you just you can just i'm sounding really flip or like really flighty here but you can really just feel like you know mm-hmm. uh, uh um uh you know that the can empathy I, between yeah. both of you and and that's the thing with this with people with you know with uh, this mental health uh issues and to be aware just like like you said you really know how when you see somebody on the street do you really know about them and what they're going through do you care you know why you should care because when you care you get care back mm-hmm. some most of the time mm-hmm. and empathy is a thing i think that is is something that that grows communities and bonds us all together. Mm-hmm. And if you come at it from like a selfish standpoint, if you have more empathy for others as well, you're not going to be as frustrated with other people because if you have expectations for others, expectation is the root of all disappointment in my opinion. But if you have expectation of another person that they're unable to meet yeah. for reasons that you don't know, right? you're going to be disappointed. So if you have more for empathy, sure. you have more like reasonable expectations of people you know sometimes like like jess was saying just as from a creator she can put out and put out day 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 and all of a sudden i gotta go for a month guys well but she has and that's the thing is that when you i think when you go on down that that uh on that journey of being an advocate for your health or for mm -hmm, whatever mm -hmm. is that it has to be a two-way street yeah and i've always believed that and you know like for you just talking about you for a second i mean this the social media journey that you've been on that I've learned about is that do you real like you get do you realize the DMs I get from people and talk back and forth and just like really connect and it's so beneficial uh, uh, to do that mm-hmm. to feel connected because I don't really to tell you the truth I don't feel connected to many people in 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 a physical in in the physical world if you will mm-hmm. not as much as I did when I was younger mm-hmm. and. Uh, Anyway, it has to go both ways. It has to be a two-way street. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate Jess sharing her story. I appreciate you chatting with everyone. I appreciate you. Mm, That's wonderful. Look at all the love. Love party. Hey. Hey. How's it going? You You married? You're looking good in those sweatpants. (laughs) Nice sweatpants. I'm wearing a bush jacket. and Sockless. I got... Some hiking boots with drywall on them and stuff. Listen, we're making it happen. Now I gotta go make candles for like 25 hours. Get her done. Like I'm complaining. You guys are awesome. Oh, actually, since you're listening, the Mother's Day sale ends on Sunday, May 9th. Use code candles for mom to get 15% off your order. So yeah, get them while you can. We have, uh, or we have like dwindling stock but you should be able to get one i'm going i have all my waxes and stuff coming here so i'm mm-hmm. mixing up two new scents it's coming sure. soon no don't tell them we'll oh tell them in God. the next episode they're so good just keep an eye on on the shop hello friendo instagram feed and you'll learn more as we as we know more yep anyway on that note thanks for listening and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode bye guys Friendo Podcast is produced and hosted by me, Amanda Muse. 
Music on this episode is written by Chris Bevins and Mike Payne, performed and produced by MP Real Glow. If you'd like to help support the growth of Friendo Podcast, you can do so by leaving a positive review, sharing the podcast with your friends and community, and supporting the shop at hellofriendo.com. Find us on Instagram at shophellofriendo. And thank you for listening. And remember, be your own bird. <laughs>